This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode 89 of Go To Grandma. You're listening to me, Kathy Buckworth, your go-to grandma on your go-to radio station, Zoomer Radio, either online or live to air on Saturday, April 22nd, 2023. Or maybe you're a podcast listener. Our episodes are evergreen, so they're always ready for you to listen to anytime. One thing I wasn't quite ready for, as I'm sure many women aren't, was the effects of our mind and body as we enter perimenopause and menopause. The jokes about hot flashes aren't funny when you're going through them. And while they are a significant part of the menopause experience, that's only one symptom of the 48 a woman can go through. Most of us can only name three. Jackie Court decided she was tired of feeling tired from the experience, so she created and launched two comfort kits. You'll find out what's in that Hey Hot Stuff kit, as well as the In a Flash kit that can help you, your friends, and partners get through this challenging stage of life. Life should be lived, and it shouldn't be taken for granted. That's the underlying driver behind the Older and Bolder podcast, which retired pharmacist and grandma Debbie McCullough launched. I had the pleasure of being interviewed for Debbie's podcast, and her insightful questions and genuine curiosity made it one that made me think as well. She focuses on speaking with individuals she calls fearless, fabulous, and 50-plus. Glad I qualified in her eyes. She'll tell us why this podcast is so important to her. We all hear the term power of attorney as we get into our estate planning, but do we really know what it involves? Today on our Take 5 with RBC interview, we dive a bit deeper into what the details are around assigning power of attorney to our spouse. Why would you or should you? And what do you both need to know before entering into this agreement? I like my coffee a bit weak, but my conversation's bold, and I think that's what you'll find today on GoToGrandma, with our usual mixture of facts and fun. My conversation with Jackie Court and the Comfort Kits is up next. Jackie Court is the founder of She 2.0 and the host of the She 2.0 podcast. She 2.0 creates content and curates products to help guide women through perimenopause and beyond. Through her podcast series and platforms, she connects experts with her audience to help educate, inform, and show women all the options available to them because she wants the world to know that menopause doesn't have to suck. Good morning, Jackie Court. Thank you so much for coming in studio today. Hi, Kathy. It's so great to join you today. I am so excited. We just went through your She 2.0 2.0 kit for menopause. There's such amazing stuff, and I'll be posting a video online about it. But let's back up a bit. So <laughs> why this kit, and what are the common things you hear from women when they ask their doctor about menopause? How does this all come together? I'm really glad you asked that because I think your listeners will also nod their head in agreement that When they go to their doctor, especially during perimenopause, which is the runway to menopause, and that's when things are really confusing, they're often dismissed. And that's just generally a lack of education and information from the healthcare system. So most of them turn to friends and the majority turn to the internet for information. But the problem is like perimenopause is a really confusing and alienating time. Women aren't really willing to talk about it. But this is when health issues can really become a problem. So She 2.0 was developed because I went through a lot of health issues myself from misdiagnosis or lack of information. 
And I don't want to see other women suffer like that.、Mm-hmm. But I want women to understand what is actually happening to your body during perimenopause and how you can course correct so that menopause isn't a horrible experience. That's why my tagline is it doesn't have to suck. <laughs> I love that tagline. <laughs> so you're referencing perimenopause and menopause a lot. What's the difference, Jackie, for those of us who don't know? Yeah, so perimenopause can happen as early as your late 30s. You don't really notice it happening right away for some women until sort of your 40s. But someone like me who was getting pregnant in my early 40s, I really struggled with keeping pregnancies because of lack of progesterone. And, you know, as your hormones are decreasing, things are changing in your body, but not fully. You're still getting your period and it might change, it might become heavier. You might get hot flashes, you're starting to forget things. You You think you're going crazy. And that's what most women report is that they think they're, they're going crazy. In fact, two out of three women, according to a Gen M invisibility report that was done in the UK last year, two out of three women said they were blindsided by perimenopause. One in six women visit their doctor six times before receiving adequate help or advice. And I think the problem is. Women are constantly complaining that there's no information out there and they don't know what to do. And there are resources. There are places to go. If, you know, if our doctors could act more like triage and send us to healthcare practitioners like menopause practitioners, and there's menopause doulas, and there's, you know, the North American Menopause Society with a ton of resources. And there's a lot of people out there talking about it and sharing those resources. It's just a matter of connecting our audience. With those great opportunities to learn about different treatments, different options. You know, HRT, hormone replacement therapy, is a really big question mark. And there's a lot of learning to be done out there. Yeah, and I referenced in my introduction to the show today that most women and most people know that hot flashes are a symptom of menopause, but you say there's 48 symptoms. That's insane. That is, and there might be more. And actually, because menopause is not deemed as a disease, which is why our doctors are not really trained in it, they get about two hours training. We don't really want to call them symptoms. There are issues related to those changes, but there are at least 49 things that can change. One of the most important ones, I think, is that women need to know that after 40, when your estrogen drops, your estrogen is protecting all your organs, your cholesterol goes up. And that is why, you know, heart disease is the number one killer of women over 50. So I really encourage women to ask their doctors to check their cholesterol levels. And just get on that pretty early in your 40s. Wow, I didn't know that. That's totally new information to me. I know. I've been through menopause. I'm on the other side, and I did not <laughs> know that that was. So you're right. The information sometimes is lacking.、Um, before we get into what's in the comfort kit, what about all that right now? Menopause is having a moment, as they say, with a bunch of celebrities talking about it. What's your take on that? Is there good information coming from them? Yeah, I think, you know,、uh, celebrities, you know, as well as entertainment, they sort of have a. The onus is on them to use their power for good and to spread the word and to help normalize the narrative、mm-hmm. around menopause because it is very,、uh, we're in a very ageist society. And I think that we need women to feel more comfortable talking about it. We need our partners to feel more comfortable. So I do love that celebrities are talking about it. I do worry about some products that they might be、right. endorsing. And, but, you know, we all have to、mm-hmm. do our own due diligence. I think the only thing is I get a little irritated when I, I see them get all the credit. There are 
are amazing women out there. You know, I've said this before, but like Shirley Weir, the menopause chicks, Amanda Thebes, Samantha Core, trainer. Like there's women out there who have been trailblazing for years and they took bigger risks. They didn't have the money. They were talking about it when it wasn't popular and no one wanted to talk to them. And they kept going and they did that so that we are where we are now. So I think we have to see them both together as doing all the work. And Amanda Thebe has been on this show and she talked about she's wonderful and I agree. Pick up her book. It's fantastic. Besides picking up her book, though, we want to talk about your kits. Tell me what they're called and go through some of the products someone might expect to find in them. Yeah, sure. We've got two premium kits. And the one thing I do want to say is they are a little higher priced. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're working with all Canadian brands, some fabulous Indigenous brands, and they're small businesses. So, you know, the, the products are specifically designed to help with some of the issues that we experience, like hot flashes, anxiety, a general, you know, aside from hot flashes, we can just feel generally hot all the time sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. So we have the In a Flash kit, which is my favorite kit. This is the, uh, it's a comfort kit designed for women who are going through post-chemo, post-surgery menopause. They go into, they go into that menopause within like 24 hours and they are not given any information and it can be very jarring and anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. because they will confuse symptoms with perhaps their treatment. Maybe they worry that they're ailment is back. So all the products in this kit sort of speak to the dryness, the tender skin, the irritated skin, the sleep, the anxiety. So we've got like age quencher in there, cool your sweats, which is an amazing moisture and heat wicking mm-hmm. nightgown. Uh, it's called the Simone nightgown. Uh, we have our phase teas to help with the calming, pleasure pods, a uh, Canadian brand that are lubricants that help with dryness mm-hmm. and painful sex. So very cool. And we've got Bamboo Chemo Beanie by BK and Co. And our great cards by Carolyn Draws, which you can sign and send off. I find these kits are great for people who want to support a family member or friend in menopause. The second kit is the Hey Hot Stuff kit for <laughs> you and I and everyone else who goes into natural menopause. And we've got fun products in there, but again, all specifically designed to help us with like hot flashes or hair loss, you know, dry and itchy skin, insomnia, vaginal dryness. So you'll see like uh, Lusame, Canadian Frost with the Monashi Twist, uh, Bioscal, which is basically the Canadian version or the Canadian rights to the Helsinki formula for hair stimulation and growth. And because these kits have been so well received, we are launching our She 2.0 Build Your Own Comfort Kits. So basically all these products and more, you start with a base of $60 to start the kit and you add your own products in. And there you can create and use whatever products you think are beneficial to you. I love all of this. And there's so much information. If we really want to get into what the products are, we can go to your website at she2, the number two, dash zero dot ca. And you're also, of course, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And please listen to your podcast, the she2 <laughs> dash she2.0, I suppose, podcast with Jackie Court. Thank you so much for coming in today, Jackie. Thank you, Kathy. Debbie McCullough is a retired pharmacist, the proud mom of three grown children, an involved grandma to her hockey-playing grandsons, and is currently navigating the waters of adjusting to life as a widow. Feeling that she needed a project to drive home the message that we shouldn't take life for granted, Debbie has recently launched a podcast called Older and Bolder. Older and Bolder features individuals who are fearless, fabulous, and 50-plus. This venture has given her the opportunity to celebrate life as we age and to help all of us to appreciate what a gift these years really are. 
Good morning, Debbie. Thanks so much for coming on GoToGrandma this morning. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kathy. So I had the pleasure of being a guest on your podcast, which is called Older and Bolder. Tell me, Debbie, what was the motivation for starting this podcast in your retirement years? Okay, well, it's something I had been interested in for many years when I was working as a pharmacist. I'm a retired pharmacist now, but I didn't have the time to pursue it. And really, the, the motivation came from realizing what a gift it is to be living in years 50 plus. I was raised in a wonderful family and always thought everything was going to just go along its perfect little path until things didn't. So in my family, I'm um, one of four children. And um, at age 57, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and passed away. And that was the start of a few tragedies in our family that led me to really take a hard look at how fragile life can be. Um, Less than two years after that, my younger sister at age 24 was brutally, viciously murdered in her home when she was a teacher at the Onion Lake First Nation. And then... um, My mother passed away at age 66. My oldest sister dealt with multiple sclerosis for many years and actually passed away at the age of 53 with breast cancer. So my life carried on and I had a flourishing career and an awesome family of three kids. But it really made me realize what a gift I was given to have health and life and everything else. And then with my brother, too, he had... uh, twin babies, and the one was very severely um, handicapped mentally and physically and passed away at the age of six. So there were many things. So I started uh, after I retired. I've been retired for uh, just about four years now, and I thought I needed a project, and so that it was the perfect timing. I'm not techie, so I found (laughs) a wonderful producer, and I started on this path of learning how to interview. I don't have a broadcasting background at all like you do, Kathy. So it was all new to me. It was exciting. I love to learn new things. And then my husband was diagnosed with cancer. And so he was so supportive of me pursuing this, this project. And he was always my sounding board and I could practice doing things with him whenever I would, well, in my past when I would give uh, talks in my pharmacy career and whatnot. So he was a great supporter of it. And then so I started pursuing it and thought he was going to get better and it didn't go in the right direction. Unfortunately, last year in August, he passed away from colon cancer. And so during the time he was very ill, I did take a hiatus from it. But uh, his passing really made me more passionate than ever that people need to hear the stories of people who are fearless, fabulous, and 50-plus. And you were one of my guests that met all that, all those three criteria. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's been a really um, enjoyable and, uh, and wonderful ride for me so far. So and I love yeah, that you focus on what a gift these years are, and certainly with your family history, you know, really emphasize that. But you, you do interview guests from very diverse backgrounds and interests. So tell me a little bit about some of your guests and their stories. Oh, certainly. I'd love to. I just love all the guests I've interviewed so far. And, um, and they have been from very varied backgrounds and, and doing wonderfully interesting things. One of my guests, her name is Shelley, and... Uh, 
And her husband was diagnosed with Parkinson's, and he was only 48 years old at that time. But what she has done after that wake-up call of his diagnosis has really delved into health and wellness and then also being very involved in a huge fundraiser for the Parkinson Society in Saskatchewan that had a 10-year run and raised hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars for Parkinson's. She's also a, a great um, volunteer in other areas like Ronald McDonald House. But I've also interviewed someone named Linda who decided to change her life and they retired. She was a school teacher and they started a cooking school in Tuscany, Italy, and now have expanded on that and just loves having adventure and and all those kinds of things. And one of my um, recordings that I've done that hasn't been released yet is Katrina LeMay Doan, a oh, nice. former uh, Olympian, mm-hmm. a gold medal Olympic athlete two times gold medal and a bronze medal, and uh, she is 51 now, so we find out what she's doing after winning Olympic gold. So they really vary, and they're all so interesting. I was going to say, and so inspiring, and you're right, sometimes it takes sort of a, a moment of truth, right, to give ourselves that sort of motivation to go ahead and do things that we might not have thought about, you know, seeing ourselves doing with our lives. And so probably podcasting wasn't something that you saw right away. So what <laughs> surprised you about your experience of launching this podcast? What has most surprised you? Well, I think what it is, what really surprised me the most was because of this format, I was able, really able to kind of go in with a deeper dive into getting to know these guests better. You could ask questions that might not come up in conversation. Some of my guests I knew before, some were new to me, and it was really, they felt comfortable, it seemed like, sharing their thoughts and feelings and habits and For instance, with your interview, Kathy, we learned about your process for writing your books and things that Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize any of that. Some of the thoughts and feelings or someone um, reaching out to see a counselor, things like that that come up. And then also the comments from the listeners. There's a lot of people that have said they've been so inspired by my guests because stories seem to move us more than just advice or, or education, but someone's stories really is impactful. And so if we want to hear these inspiring stories, which of course we do, we should check out Older and Boulder, the podcast. We can go to your website at olderandbolder.ca and you're on Instagram as well. Thank you so much, Debbie, for coming on the show today. Well, it's been my complete pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. Take care. You too. Rick Mirabelli is Vice President, National Estate Services within the Family Office Services team at RBC Wealth Management Canada. Rick oversees a team of will and estate consultants who support advisors and their clients with personalized estate planning guidance and recommendations to meet client needs and goals. Rick has been with RBC for 24 years, with the majority of time spent leading teams in the area of wealth planning and estates. Good morning, Rick. Thanks so much for being part of our Take 5 with RBC interview series. Oh, it's my pleasure. Good morning. So this morning, we're going to talk about situations of incapacity and powers of attorney, or POA in short. So let's start with some key details for our listeners. What is a power of attorney, and why is it so important for individuals and for couples and spouses? For sure. Well, in general, a power of attorney is a legal document where one person gives another person or people the authority to act on their behalf. So there's different types of power of attorneys. 
Uh, one is a standard power of attorney for property, which empowers the person you've named to act legally to make decisions about your finances and your property. Uh, so this would be things like paying bills, managing investments, banking, or even making real estate decisions. Uh, depending on where you live in Canada, there may also be a POA for personal care, which is used to delegate decisions around health care, medical treatment, housing, and things like that. And in certain jurisdictions, this may be one document that incorporates both personal care and financial and property decisions. So within any estate plan, establishing a POA for property and a POA for personal care is really fundamental. It's really important to highlight that there are ways to protect your best interests when you give control to who will speak on your behalf when you're unable to do so. At the same time, you can give that person guidance on how you wish to be cared for and how to continue to manage your assets during your lifetime. So without a POA, each province or territory has specific rules on how they manage your financial affairs if you're in incapable. Uh, a lot of people assume that uh, your spouse can automatically take over and step in, but unfortunately that's not the case. So without a court order, your spouse or even your, your next of kin uh, would have no authority to act on your behalf if you don't have a valid POA in place. So one other important thing to consider through all this is that Canadians are living a lot longer than they, they have even a generation ago. So while they're living longer, and the average life expectancy is increasing, uh, the average healthy life expectancy tells another story. And what I mean by that is stats show that about 100,000 Canadians will develop some form of dementia this year, uh, which is really sad. And that's in addition to over 500,000 Canadians who currently live with dementia. So when we think about ourselves or our spouses and loved ones, you know, this can be really shocking and can be uh, very tough conversations to have in advance when we're planning for this. So I think it's helpful to think of the power of attorney as a peace of mind uh, and that planning and proper planning in advance uh, can really set you up for success. So these simple power of attorney documents can ultimately save you so much time and stress as you go forward. So I'm sure a lot of people, you know, for a lot of people, their spouse is likely the natural choice for the person they'd name or maybe have already named to act on their behalf if something were to happen to them. So what are some of the key things to consider here if that's the case? Yeah, that's a great question. And some important things to consider is, do you have the right individual appointed? And that may not be your spouse or, or even an adult child. For many, that's the natural choice, naming your spouse or a family member. But it's important that you factor in the things like the degrees of responsibilities and the emotional toll that may take on someone. It can be very overwhelming and incredibly emotional if you're dealing with someone who's lost capacity, and that can go on for a number of years. So acting as a person's POA uh, there are a lot of different layers of stress for that reason, and there's many responsibilities and other things to consider. Uh, some of these things can be uh, family dynamics, where they need to deal with some complex family dynamics. Do they have the time to manage all the responsibilities of a POA? Uh, do they possess the financial acumen to perform the task, or do they lack the expertise? Where do they live? Where are they located? Do they have the ability to travel if they're not in the same city as the person they're representing? And do they have good organizational skills? I know that's, that's, uh, that's something that not everyone possesses. So uh, it's crucial that communication happens if it is your spouse that you are naming or whoever it is, um, and that the person who is acting on your behalf is fully informed and up-to-date in advance regarding what your plan and wishes are and uh, what documentation and account information exists. Some people assume that already their spouse already knows all this, but... There's uh, lots of scenarios where, where one spouse handles a certain account or a certain asset, and uh, they may not know what's the intricate details of that. So 
a really good starting point is to have a what-if scenario conversation with your spouse and say, well, what happens if you know, I, I lose my capacity to make decisions? What are we going to do? And that usually forms your decision going forward. And so when someone is named as an attorney in their spouse's power of attorney, what should our listeners know about what this means from a responsibility standpoint? And really, what does that mean before a POA is enacted and then if when a situation of incapacity rises? Yeah, that's another great question. And ultimately, you should really understand and be prepared for what's involved and and really know what to expect in advance. The, The functions that you perform and when you're acting on behalf of someone will really vary depending on the individual, how complex the situation is and what their wishes are. But it's always uh, key that you must act in the best interest of that person. So some typical things and some duties to consider uh, that you'll need to do is communicating openly with family in a detailed and timely manner, uh, locating and maintaining the will, uh, keeping very detailed, accurate, and up-to-date records, uh, safeguarding the individual's assets, uh, making expenditures on behalf of the incapable person, paying bills and those kind of things, and then oftentimes meeting with professionals, financial advisors, accountants, lawyers. That's great. And if we want more information, of course, we can go to RBC Wealth Management to your website and we can find RBC Wealth Management on social media as well, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for some great tips. Thank you so much for this today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So many women I've talked to see menopause as an ending, but I've discovered this is your moment to reinvent yourself after years of focusing on the needs of everyone else. It's your opportunity to get clear about what matters to you and then to pursue that with all of your energy, time, and talent. Oprah Winfrey. Both Jackie Court and Debbie McCullough exemplify this as they apply their energy, time, and talent to inspiring and helping others going through the same life challenges that they are. I thank them both for their time today, and I hope you find the time to check out Comfort Kits and the Older and Boulder podcast. Next week on GoToGrandma, Grandma and Grandad are going out and having some fun. First up, I'll talk to children's author Carolyn Fernandez about her latest in a series of Grandmasaurus books and why this imaginative and transformative grandma character resonates with readers. Grandad's special days are a term that retired businessman Smiley Buckland used when he took turns with each of his four grandchildren each month for their 24 hours of Grandad time. Why he feels this is so important and why it was more about him than it was about them. And our Take 5 with RBC Interview looks at the results of the latest home ownership poll. The residential real estate market has been on a bit of a roller coaster lately, so you'll want to tune in to hear the latest from the experts as they break down the numbers. Thanks for joining me here today on GoToGrandma. Missed part of the show? It'll be up on the podcast shortly, along with the other 88 episodes we've already recorded. We never run out of things to talk about, but if you think there's a subject we haven't given enough time to, please let me know. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.